Psalm 106 says, Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty deeds of the Lord or declare all his praise? Blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you save them, that I may look upon the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. It's a rather long psalm again, so we're going to jump down to verse 44, and it says, finishes out with like this. It says, Nevertheless, he looked upon their distress when he heard their cry. For their sake, he remembered his covenant. Praise God for that. And relented according to the abundance of his steadfast love. He caused them to be pitied by all those who held them captive. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Last week, John read out of Psalm 107. So if you have your Bible, stay standing, because we're going to continue to worship, but I want you to read this. Psalm 107, verses 1, 2, and 3. And Ricky, if you want to leave this song up on the screen, I want you to... Yeah, perfect. Find the, find the screen that says... Uh, uh, the power in his hand. I think it says power. Is it power in his hand? Yeah, perfect. Thank you. 107, Psalm 107, beginning with verse 1, says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Let me try to read that again. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His steadfast love endures forever. I don't know if you know that, but this verse, this phrase is used quite a few times in the Bible. For the Lord is good, and His love endures forever. It's used 42 times in the Old Testament. 42 times. One of them, like the majority of them are in uh, one of the Psalms. But in the Old Testament, in, you know, before Psalms, there were different times when the people would shout this phrase. And whenever they did, something miraculous happened. And it, they did, it, something miraculous happened not because they shouted the phrase, but because they were worshiping God. They were giving Him praise. They were giving Him praise. And so, let me continue to read this and then I'll tell you what we're going to do. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. 
whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and the west and the north and the south. We're going to sing this song again, please. But I want you to—I want to read through this real quick because these words are uh, are actually quite powerful. Power in hand, speaking the Father's plan, sending us out light in this broken land. Whenever we as believers get together, we're speaking out the plan of God. We're what is church about? I. I I meditate a lot on about why do we do this? Why do we do this specifically? And why don't we do something else? Why does He have us get together at least once a week and worship together and preach together? Is it, is it to, 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 to lick our wounds from a, from a terrible week? Well, it could be. <laughs> you'll, you'll hear the rest of the sermon in just a little bit here. It could be that. Is it to get mended up? Is it to get healed up? Yes, it, this is the place for that. But even more importantly, is to speak out the plan of the Father. To speak it out. Whether I speak it out, or, or someone else speaks it out, or like last week, I was so blessed like by last week, by the body ministering to one another. As the body was ministering, I, I told Deb when we got home, I said, that to me was one of the best services I've ever been a part of. Because it was the body ministering on a, a we, were, we were ministering to one another. It wasn't ranks. It wasn't levels. It was the body ministering. And when the body does that, we're speaking out the Father's plan that, that we were all supposed to be priests and kings. And when we speak out the Father's plan, there's power in hand. It's because the message is He's sending us out light in this broken land. That's why we're here. We're here to be light. We're here to, to show forth the glory of God everywhere that we go. This Anything outside of us, not the building, the building's a building, but outside of the, the congregation, out there, there's a whole bunch of darkness, a whole bunch of brokenness. And we're, we're being sent out. Go ahead and go to the next slide. Ricky. Thank you. We have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Everyone overcome. We were, that's what we started out the service last week with. It was the word of our testimonies. It was, it was God. What, what God has done in you by proclaiming that. Whether you proclaimed it here or whether you do proclaim it in this body or whether you proclaim it tomorrow morning in your cubicle. Whether you proclaim it tomorrow morning on the bus route. On the airplane. In the school classroom, wherever it is, whenever you proclaim the word of the Lord, proclaim your testimony, those people see light. They get to see light in a very dark world. Go to the next one, please. Ricky. Is that the end of it? Then go back to the beginning. So this talks about the message. 
it's not just our testimony. Our testimony is what God has done to us, or done for us, but it is also the testimony of who Jesus is. So this morning, what I want to do is I want her to sing this. I want the worship team to sing this again. But I want us to, to listen to these words as we sing them, as we proclaim them. Because then we're going to talk about something really important. Turn with me to Psalm 107. It should still be there. Psalm 107, verse 1. says, O give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His steadfast love endures forever. It's good to praise God. It's good to praise Him. And we're going to talk about some of the, the, the rest of that chapter because off and on, through the rest of this chapter, it actually talks about people who are going through struggles, people who are suffering, people who are hurting. And, and you know, many times we think we're, if we, that either we are or somebody else when we're struggling, when things are hard, there must be something wrong with us. Now, there might be times when it is us. You know, we can get ourselves into trouble. At least I know you guys can. And, uh, but it's, it isn't always that. There's times when, when it's just plain an attack. The devil's trying to kill you. The devil's trying to make you stop. The devil's trying to, you know, the world system is trying to wear you down. The, 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 the life is hard. But he is good. He is good. Ultimately, every day, He is good. All the time. Yeah, that's right. He is, God is good all the time. Amen. So, it's good to praise the Lord. It's good to celebrate. If you remember back at the beginning of October, one of the things, I, and I know you remember every word I said at the beginning of October, uh, but if you wanted to check it out, it's actually on a, you know, on a recording. But uh, at the beginning of October, during one of the offering sermons, I just said I, w- I wanted to set a goal of uh, being over $70,000 on the building fund by the end of October. And to raise, uh, raise that and, and uh, you know, setting a goal. We've been raising money now for two years. The, the first 40000 I believe it was, went to an architect to draw everything up. 10000 I'm sorry, 10000 that's why I have somebody who knows numbers. It says numbers are numbers. So just throw them out there. I know I have somebody. I have plenty of people that understand the numbers better. So ten thousand went to a to an architect to draw that up, and then we set a goal of two hundred thousand dollars to uh, to break ground and to actually start building the classrooms. At least four classrooms uh, off this side of the building, going in that direction. It'll also be in the future uh, other opportunities it's a you know like we we believe in multi-purpose you know we don't you don't you don't just lock in something and say this is what it'll be forever and uh uh, because the things change life changes needs change but that for sure to begin with will be four classrooms at least four classrooms or uh small rooms big rooms so on and so forth but i set a goal of of uh, reaching seventy thousand. so then we'd be you know, 130,000 short of the goal to break ground. And, and so uh, two weeks ago, I actually saw that, that uh, we had gone over 70,000. It was really exciting. After that Sunday, we had uh, raised, uh, the, we, we as, as a group had raised 70,000. So last Sunday, I was going to rejoice. You know, say, hey, we met our goal, glory to God. And the Holy Ghost uh, had spoke to my heart and said, 
He said, set a goal to be at 100,000 by the end of the year. Well, I was at, I was at you know, believing for 4,000 in a month, and I thought that was crazy. Okay, you know, I'm just being honest, I'm human. I thought that was a lot of money. And it is a lot of money. But we made that goal. Praise God. But then last Sunday service went the way it was, and we didn't receive the offering the way we usually do. We just had folks at the back of the sanctuary and, and just gave out the offering envelopes. So we never really said anything. So I thought, okay, well, this week I'm going to share and, and that we reached that, that goal. And so I got here on Monday morning and I went to use the, the facilities and I was reading. The, how many of you read the thing on the bathroom stalls? Isn't that beautiful? It's just, I mean, it's weird, okay, but it's beautiful. What's even more, no, I won't go any further than that. But what's really weird is when you see your picture on the wall in a bathroom stall. That's the, that's the strange part. But I was, uh, I was reading that one. Oh, that's right. I said, this week for sure, we're going to celebrate the fact we win over 70,000. And once again, I heard set the goal at 100,000 for the end of the year. And I was just like, oh man, that's, that's wild. Okay, okay, Lord, you know, we'll do it. We'll set the goal. And I was, oh, we'll see, you know. And I came back to my office, and we were getting ready for staff meeting, and, and first thing on Monday, the staff, someone else, uh, uh, counts the offering before uh, Deb actually counts it. We have multiple people who count it ahead of time, and, and after the fact, there's people watching the finances. Uh, just We, we want to be always, always, always so above board, there's never a question. So I'm sitting in my office, and then I hear the, some of the staff uh, in the break room, and all of a sudden I hear people starting to shout glory. I was like, well, that, that's got to be good, right? <laughs> you know, they weren't shouting help, because if that was the case, I'd send, I'd send Peter out there. But uh, I heard people shouting glory, and I thought, well, that's awesome. And Deb runs back to my office, and she showed me a number. Uh, last week, over 25,000 came in for the building fund. Yeah, glory. Glory. God... Hallelujah. God is good. The actual number. Deb, can you read that out real quick here? Oh, right behind me. It was. No, Jesus is behind me. There we are. 95,874. Hallelujah. You notice, you notice that, that, that outer circle is almost halfway there. Almost, almost halfway. Wow, it changes. Wow. Okay. But, praise God. So, the new goal is to be at 100,000 by, by the end of December, and I believe we'll go well beyond that. Amen? Amen. Now, here's the, here's the uh, big, hairy, audacious goal. Uh, the big, hairy, audacious goal is that by the end of 2018, we'll be breaking ground. That's our goal, is that in the next year, we'll, uh, we'll have enough in to break ground. Our goal is 200,000 to break ground, to start the classrooms, and to... Uh, get that moving forward, and we could actually start using them at a 200,000. I mean, we would have the rooms, they would be divided, they just wouldn't have all the amenities, we, we would still need furniture, chairs, and tables, and all the stuff that goes in them, plus all the audio and video, every room will have audio and video. Uh, every room will have the capability to record, because we're always teaching. In these classes, there's going to be need need for the recordings, but there'll be video uh, opportunities and everything will be well set up, but that's going to be another 100,000 plus all the landscaping and all the other stuff, siding and just all the stuff that needs to happen uh, on the rest of the building and the parking lot. And So there's there's other costs. But by this by the end of 2018, we will be breaking ground. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you guys so much. It is just an absolute 
it's just amazing to be a part of a church that is so over the top in, in giving and service and love and, and everything that, got, that you guys are a part of and do. Uh, I've had many friends in the ministry, many friends from around the, the country and around the world say, you do that much? This, this, how big is your congregation? It's got to be like seven, 800 people. And it's like, no, no, they're just amazing. Absolutely amazing people and an amazing God. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. So we're going to receive the offering at the end of the service, but uh, just want to set that out there and set that goal. But let's continue on with Psalm 107. Let the redeems of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from trouble. In our lives, there will be trouble. It's just guaranteed. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where uh, there's, there's just entropy. That word, I just, that, this, that word this week, I've just loved it. It just keeps coming up. Entropy. Do you know what entropy is? It's a pop quiz. Yes, the, the geek in the back knew exactly what entropy <laughs> The science geek. Entropy, it, now correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I, I want to submit myself. But entropy is the constant state of decline. The constant state of, what's the better way to say it? I can see, already see it in your face. The tendency towards disorder. <laughs> wow wow that was that was that's I, I have a picture of that in my mind no matter how many times they clean it it's just hours you know never mind okay so but in this world we it's it is a constant state tendency towards disorder because of sin in the world and so when we live our lives stuff happens Life happens, uh, even in our best intentions, even when we're doing everything right. You know, have you ever uh, been in a situation where you've prayed and you said, Lord, I am doing everything right. I mean, I heard, you know, uh, somebody laugh, I hear that. But even, uh, even Job said that, I did it all right. Well, no, you didn't do it all right, but your heart was right. Your, your desire is, for, is to see the plan of God fulfilled and, and to move forward and to be obedient and do all those things. Even if you do it all right, there's an attack. There will be. Why? Because you're made in the image of God. Because you were created to be like God. You were created at the beginning. Adam and Eve were created to be the gods of this earth and then they threw it all away on a lie. And so ever since then, sin entered the world and we've just been systematically disintegrating into chaos. Dying. Hopes. Dreams. Work. You know, what, what is the name? You could look it up on Google, but what is the name of the person who first designed any major city? First built a great monument? Well, you don't even remember their name. You ever walk around a, a, a cemetery and look at names and wonder how many people don't even know who that person was? No, there's nobody that would understand who that person was or that person or that name. This world, because of sin, has been just a constant state of decline. But let the redeemed say so, whom He has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. God brings in people who are hurting. People who are 
damaged, people who have, have messed up lives. Every one of us came from a situation or, or you know, we're recently in a situation where life is a mess. But it's God's plan to redeem that completely. Verse 4 and 5, this is where I want to start focusing. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. So there are times when we're hungry and thirsty. There's times when, when life is tough. When, when life is short, you know, you, you get to the end of the week and you have to pay the bills. You get to the end of the month and you've got the rent payment or the house payment or the car payment, whatever it is, and you're short. You're hungry. You're thirsty. I mean, not maybe not physically, because we take care of ourselves, but the, 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 the fact that we have less than what we need, that that moment in life, we send and we go, well, where's God in this? I've been, I've been tithing regularly. I've been giving regularly. I've been doing what God told me, but, but there's still, it seems like I'm short. There's times in life, even when you're doing everything right, that you're having to believe for the next thing. Years ago, I've actually used this testimony twice this week. It's interesting. This week has been a very interesting week. Years ago, I was at a meeting. Uh, Rodney Howard Brown was ministering in Florida, and, and he was preaching, and he was receiving the offering. And he said the Lord that week had given him the, the, the directive. He had, he had led him to go back into his diary and begin to read his diary, just to read. And he said he was giving you know, glory to God for all the, the victories along the way. And he was just seeing how God had moved in this situation and that situation. And he was just, so he was going through his diary, the, the diary of his life, and he was just, you know, excited about what God had done. Then the realization hit him that no matter how many times the Lord had, had met his need miraculously and blessed him and, and all of those things, there was also in that same time period something he was believing for. He was always having to extend his faith. Not that he wasn't content, not that he wasn't happy with what the God had done, but life, the kingdom of God is ever expanding. We can never get to a place where we go, I got it covered. It's all set. Whew. I'm totally relaxed. I don't need anything more. I don't need anything from God. You know, there's actually, Jesus actually told a parable about that, about the man who said, that's it, I got everything I need. I, mean, I build a few extra barns, let's fill those up and I'm good for the rest of Let's eat, drink and be merry. Well, the fact is, is that then He is self-sufficient. If we're not believing for something, then our vision is too small. God's vision is never too small. God's vision is so much bigger than us, you can't, you can't fulfill it in your own ability. God's vision for your family is bigger than something that you can do. Your desires for your children, your desires for how your family impacts your community, your, your neighborhood, your family, the, the world, it's always gonna, it should be bigger. If it's not, if your vision for your life is just to survive, just to make it, just to cross that line, then it's too small. Because then it's about you. Then it's just about about your what, what you need and how you can be satisfied. God's vision will always include somebody else. God's vision will always include the lost. That's the this last two weeks. Remember uh, when Chris spoke uh, two weeks ago and when Buddy closed out the service last week, 
both had it on their heart to talk about that all the blessings, all the, 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 the things that God gives us, everything that He does for us, it's great, it blesses us, it helps us, but, and, and, and it meets our needs, but that's not what it's all about. He does those things. God is doing all of this because of them. It's to be so that we have a light to share with the lost. That we have a hope. I mean, if we don't have hope, folks, everybody's in trouble. Because we know God. And if in knowing God we don't have any hope, then we're in trouble. But it's always about more. It's always about out, out there. It's always about the, the plan and purpose of God for the world. Verse 6. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. God doesn't leave us in need. He doesn't. He doesn't. He will not leave you in need. If you're seeking Him and if you're following Him, He'll always lead you to provision. Always. Verse 8. Let them thank the Lord. And here's where we keep coming back to praising Him and thanking Him for His him meeting our needs. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. For He satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul He fills with good things. If you are longing, or if you're hungry right now, if you're going, I, I'm in need, I, I, I need something, then praise Him. Thank Him for what He has done. Thank Him for all of His benefits. Thank Him for all that He's uh, blessed you with. And I mean, every one of us, we live in America. That alone tells you we have something to thank Him for. Glory to God. Because you have a roof over your head, because you have food on the table, because your, your house is warm, sometimes the house is too warm. Right, Deb? Then? But we're blessed. In the summer, we have air conditioning. Glory to God. Why so downcast, oh your soul? You're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. And we should thank Him for it. We need to thank Him. We should be thanked. Glory to God. Thank You, Jesus. You have, you've, you've blessed me. Thank You, Jesus. You, you've met my needs. You've taken care of me. Thank You, Lord. You're taking care of my friends and my family. and my Lord, You're just so good. We could just keep doing it. We're entering into Thanksgiving month. We'll just skip right over Halloween, go right into Thanksgiving month. We're right into Thanksgiving. We should be thanking God through the whole month, not just on Thanksgiving, but every day. Glory to God. Thank you for it. Verse 17. Nope, 10. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons. For they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So He bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. I, this is important. These three verses in conjunction with what happens above and what happens below are very important. Because sometimes people think that you are suffering because you did something wrong. And so it says here that He bows you down. He forces you to humble yourself. He, he somehow punishes you to get you right. Now that's a, that is a, a thought that is absolute systemic in the, in the body of Christ. 
that somehow God is teaching you through suffering, through making you hurt, you're going to learn how to obey Him. No, 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 no. You only, the only time God ever punished anybody, you go through the whole Bible, the only time He ever punished anybody is when they were disobedient. Now, if you're disobedient, take heart, quickly. Deal with it. He is faithful and just to forgive your sins. That, that isn't how He wants, you know, John, you've been disobedient this week. I'm not, I don't know anything about it with John's. Maybe I do, I don't know. But, John, you've been really disobedient. This week we're going to beat you up. And you're going to learn from this. That's not the heart of God. God is good. It's His mercy. The Word says it's His mercy that brings men to repentance. It's not His, his blows. But people who are disobedient will, will suffer. Why? Because we live in a world where Satan goes, all right, sweet, you just opened yourself up. I'm going to beat the daylights out of you. No, no, no. God wants to redeem you from that. Every person in here who just found themselves being attacked, yeah, God led them into safety. He provided for them. You're going to read, we'll read it over and over again. Only, only when you're disobedient does it remove you from His grace and His, His, His mercy and His provision, and you find yourself in a place where you're getting beat up. But you don't have to stay there. As soon as you deal with it, He's going, come here, come here, back into, the, back into provision, back into grace. People think, religious uh, minds think that, well, God is, is, God is punishing me for my sin. No, He punished Jesus for your sin. Amen. He punished Jesus. He punished Him. On Wednesday night, we read over and over again, once and for all. What, what the propitiation of sin, the, 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 the price it took for Him to redeem you from the curse has been paid fully. You don't have to go through any pain or suffering to deal with your own sin. The only reason you go through pain and suffering is we're too thick-headed sometimes to repent and get out of it. To leave it behind. To go away. To, to shun it. And as soon as we shun that thing, His grace and mercy is there going, I told you to come back quicker. Why did you stay in it so long? He did it once and for all. He's not doing that anymore. He's not punishing your sin. You are forgiven. You find yourself in lack. You find yourself in need. You find yourself getting beat up. That's the other guy. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We've got to get that straight, folks. Because so many people get wrapped up that there must be something wrong with me because I'm suffering. no. Satan's trying to kill you. Take authority over him. Speak the word. Find out what the promises are. He's given us all the great promises. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. If you don't walk in it, it's your own fault. Oh, grace. Now, now you're saying it's my fault. It's your own fault. It's my fault because His grace is new every morning. This whole week, I've been driving. Every time I drive, I keep hearing, Your grace is new every morning. Your love for me is new every morning. We were sitting and talking, and somebody all of a sudden just said, You know that God's grace is new every morning? I've been just hearing the Word of God all week long from, from, it's just, He's trying to tell you, you don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be beat up. You don't have to go around, well, I just got about six more months of this and then I'll know how to walk in love. No. Deal with it now. Forgive now. Do it in the next six seconds and we'll get moving on here. Because there's more to do. 
There's more to do. It's not just about you getting your life right. You know, what's wrong with me, Lord? What's wrong with me, Lord? No! He has a plan and a purpose to let people get, get into the light, help people to get into the light. Well, of course Satan's going to beat you up. Of course you had a rough week. Of course you had a rough week. Because you're called to be light. And if he can snuff out your light, then that's one less person out there spreading light. Of course you're gonna, he's going to attack your finances because if you give up and you quit, because, well, I just don't have enough finance. I just, you know, I, I, I keep trying. And, and all of a sudden, oh, I just keep trying. I keep trying to pay, pay my bills and just nothing ever. No! In the name of Jesus, Satan, get away from my finances. Take your hands off of my life. Take your hands off of my family. Take your hands off of this church's finances. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We are abundant in every good work. That's what the Word says. Quote the Word, because that's truth. If you're in sin, repent. Just get it all. Let's get, let's get moving. It isn't that you have to repent for three days, you know, to, to really get the repentance. No. Okay, Lord, I'm, that was stupid. I'm wrong. Forgive me. That was sin. That took what? Six seconds? Move on. Thirteen. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. For He shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Those things that try to enslave you, try to, in, try, try to entangle you, keep you bound up. It says that He shatters them. The anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. You ever heard that? There's, that's a verse in the Bible. The anointing, the anointing of God, the power of God, the presence of God, His love, who He is, the anointing of God destroys the work of bondage, or the, the, destroys the yoke of bondage. What that means, there's a, the, the, the Hebrew words, is, or the Greek words, I'm sorry, the Greek words is talking about the anointing, the fatness destroys that yoke. It, 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 it actually tears it off of your neck. Because you just, the anointing of God expands in your life and it rips that yoke, the yoke of bondage, the yoke of suffering, the yoke of, of trouble. It, it explodes it. And it doesn't just break it and it drops off. It says it destroys it. Destroys means to completely obliterate it to dust. It can never be reconstituted as another yoke. The only way that yoke can get back on you is you pick it up, you fix it, and you put it back on. Because of our belief system. Because of the the stinking thinking. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us. His grace is good. His grace is new every morning. Verse 17. Just to reiterate it, some fools through their sinful ways, sinful ways, and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. Some fools, because of their sinful ways and their iniquities, suffered affliction. You're not fools. I know you guys. You're not fools. You're not suffering right now because of your sin. You're suffering because you're being attacked. They loathed any kind of food. They they drew near to the gates of death. Verse 19. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from distress. He sent out His Word and healed them, and delivered them from their destruction. Even the fools, once they repent, 
He, protect, he, he forgives them and He takes them out of that destruction. Even the fools. How much more the elect? How much more His beloved? How much more? And always, always, always is with the idea of, man, God has done so much for me. He's blessed me so much. He's set me free in so many ways. i got to tell somebody about this. Because there's a whole bunch of people out there who are blind. They are lost. They don't know. They have no idea. It's about that. This whole thing, everything that we do is about... Can we go back to that song? Is it, if you put that away, and I'm sorry, I didn't, I'm, I'm asking a lot out of the, the wizard of Ricky. But it's about His plan. It's about proclaiming His plan and taking... When we proclaim His plan, what is His plan? What is His plan for your life, Dick? Amen. Amen. With every breath that we have, you are light to someone. You can be light to someone. You're called to be light to someone. I sat with my 93-year-old grandmother many years ago, and she said, John, why am I still here? And I said, Grandma, there's only one reason you're still here, because you'd rather be in heaven with Grandpa. The only reason you're here is to be light. You're being light to your grandchildren. You're being light to your family. You're being light to the people up and down this, these corridors. You're being light to your doctors. You're being light to every person you meet. And that's the goal everywhere that we go. Every, every person we meet, everything that we say and do is being light to the world around us. That's our call. That's His plan for us. So we do that on many different levels. One level we do it, at, we do it at the, the, the individual level. Every one of us have that call for an, in an individual level where we go. Tomorrow morning, you're going to go to school. And there, you're salt and light. Tomorrow morning, you're going to the factory. Tomorrow morning, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, we're all going somewhere tomorrow. And we're to be light in that situation. And how do we be light? Now I'm going to, this is a pop quiz. Three weeks ago, you shouldn't have forgot. I said there's only four things. First thing that people need to know is that they need to? Oh, I love this place. Believe. Believe. Believe that Jesus lived. Believe that He died on the cross for their sins. Believe that everything He did was to redeem you from your sins. So you need to, the people need to believe. What's the next thing? Confess. We confess it with our mouths. I am a Christian. I am a believer. God has redeemed my life. I have a, I have, he has a plan for my life. He has, I confess the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We have to say it with our mouth. And we have to say it to other people. Whenever I've led a, an altar call, whenever I give people an opportunity to get saved, I always tell them, now go tell somebody. The sooner you tell somebody, the better it is. The first person I ever had to tell was really, really hard. And then it got easier. Then it got harder. Then it got easier and then it got harder. But you need to confess. Believe. Confess. Repent. Glory to God. They listen. Even the children. Repent. 
I'm, I'm done with that. I'm done with that old way of living. Repent means to turn around. I'm no longer going to head away from God. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to head towards Him. I repent and I'm not going back. I'm not going back there. No matter when none go with me, still I will follow. I turn around. I go the other direction. Believe, confess, repent, and amen. Be baptized. It was really cool. We're the, there's a men's retreat going on. Uh, those of you we, you missed it on Friday night. Powerful meeting we had at the at the men's retreat over in uh, Connorsville. And uh, pardon. Oh yeah, men's men's advance. That's right. I don't know. Whatever men's thing. And so men's thing was over there. And we went through the whole night, and it's, you know, it's cold. There's snow on the ground. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, some of you need to be baptized this weekend. I went, good luck with that. I'm out of here. But, you know, I said, is there any water on? Guy goes, yeah, there's a stream right over there. I was like, great, somebody, somebody's going to get baptized. Somebody needs to get baptized. Why? Because it's an act of obedience to the Word of God. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you preach the gospel when they make that decision. Okay, first thing you need to do is get baptized. Well, I don't want to. It might mess up my hair. I don't care. The Bible says get baptized. It didn't say worry about your hair. The question is, are you going to obey Him? If you haven't obeyed Him, obey Him. On a simple matter, doing something really, really weird, get dunked underwater. Why did He pick that? Because He picked that. He gets to be boss. He gets to be the king. He gets to be Lord. Believe. Confess. Repent. Maybe repent and confess. I don't care. However you do that first. Then be baptized. That's all you need to know. That's the gospel in a nutshell. In in a quick 30 second explanation. What must I do to be saved? You must be born again. You must believe. You must repent. You must confess. You must be baptized. That's the gospel. It's, no, it's not any diff, more difficult than that. What about the pygmies in Africa? I don't care. Right now I'm talking to you. We're talking about your salvation. Then if you have a heart for the pygmies in Africa, go deal with them. For those of you, you know, you know what that argument is? You've heard that argument before? All right. Why, why does God allow suffering? Because He didn't allow suffering. He didn't want suffering. He told man to you're in charge. Man allowed suffering. Why did you allow suffering? That's the right answer. I, you don't have to have all the answers to all the questions in the world. You just have to preach the gospel. Let God sort it out from there. Let Him deal with it. So we do it on an individual level. Then, we're supposed to do it as the body. I've preached so many times, I can almost preach it without even looking at any notes ever again. I just preached it again last summer at the, at the camp in Hungary. Jesus said... As he was on that mount before he was transfigured, they said, when is this going to happen? He goes, it's not for you to know the day and the hour. It's not for you to know when he's coming back. It's for your job to be filled with the Holy Spirit and go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Jerusalem is your hometown. You're you're responsible for here, not just here in this room, but here, wherever you live, Stillwater, Lake Elmo, uh, Oak Park Heights, uh, uh, Oakdale, uh, Woodbury, beyond. Your hometown, you're responsible for that. Jerusalem, Judea is your region. The region may be a county, the region may be an area. For us, the area as a church, 
because there's people that live all over the place, uh, the area that God has given us is the St. Croix River Valley. The St. Croix River Valley from Solon Springs to Prescott. And a hundred miles in both directions. This is our region. He's put that on our hearts. He's put it on my heart and it's growing. More and more people, it's on your hearts and we're praying for it. We're believing that God is going to move mightily in the valley. Our goal is over the next 10 years to start 24 churches. You want to think $100,000 in the next year is a crazy idea? You ought, to, you ought to have been there the day he dropped it in my heart. 24 churches in the next 10 years. Well, huh? What? That's impossible. It's impossible for me. It's impossible for any individual. But it's not impossible for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's not impossible for the body of Christ being obedient one day at a time. We don't have to do it tomorrow. We don't have to even do it in 2018. We do it one day at a time. In that time, in that in the last year, <clears throat> it was in February that he put that in my heart. In the last year, he's already helped us to put together an organization to begin to do that. The framework to be able to start starting churches legally and, and ethically and, and, and with power. Not just, well, we'll roll the dice and we'll start a little Bible study over here and see what happens. No, 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 no. He's given us a plan. In January, you want to mark on your calendar the week devoted to God. Week devoted to God is this year, January 31st, Sunday, December 31st. Thank you as a test. Numbers, dates. December 31st, New Year's Eve. We start every night at 7 o'clock. We go to 8.30. 8.30, how many of you have been to Week Devoted to God before? Raise your hands. Do we get done at 8.30? Yeah, 8.30, see you later, guys. If anybody wants to stick around, you can stick around, but 8.30, you're out of here. Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, all the way through to Friday night, 7 to 8.30, Week Devoted to God. In the mornings, 10 a.m. in the morning until noon, and then 2 in the afternoon until 4. We have prayer. The, the sanctuary is going to be always open for worship and prayer, however you want. If you want to come in before a shift of work or after a shift, that's awesome. Come and worship. Come and pray. But at those specific times, we're going to have corporate prayer. We're going to have a whole bunch of people. It's not just for the staff or not just for ministers. It's for everybody. High school students, skip school. Come to prayer. Uh, no? That was a test. That was a test. All right. Come to prayer. Young people, old people, people my age, somewhere in between there. Come for prayer. 10 a.m., 2 p.m. in the afternoon, and then every night at 7 o'clock, worshiping, seeking God, preaching, uh, sharing testimonies, uh, declaring the will of God. In January, we're going to lay out a plan. I'm going to lay out God's showing me how to do one step at a time, reaching the valley in the next 10 years. Filling the valley with churches every 15 miles. It's a crazy plan. It's wild. It's nuts. But I'm in. Why not? We can do crazy stuff. If Peter can walk on the water, why can't we do crazy stuff? Let's do it. Let's go. Let's see the valley get full of God. But that's why we need a classrooms. Because we need to be trained up to go do that. Others are going to get trained up. They're going to come in. They're going to get saved. They're going to need to be trained up. They're going to need to, be, to grow. It isn't just about you're saved. Good luck. 
It's about you're saved. Now you need to be sanctified. Now you need to be taught. Now you need to be given the tools to be salt and light, to make it through this dark world. That's why we need classrooms. That's why we need to do the things we're doing. He's setting out a plan, and in that plan is power. It's not power for my name. It's not power for your name. It's not power for our name. It's power for His name. I've always believed, I don't care if in 50 years, anybody remembers what the name on the headstone says, but I pray in 50 years, they all talk about what God's doing in the St. Croix River Valley. That they're still giving glory to God. We don't know who started, we don't know what this was, where this came from, but all I know is I'm never the same in, in name a small town in Minnesota, on the, on the valley. Nimrod? There is a town called Nimrod in Minnesota. Really? Well, there you go. Nimrod. How about Wisconsin? Small town in Spooner. Star Prairie. Beldenville. Beldenville. This last week. Who knows where Beldenville is? Oh, yeah. Well, see, you're, you're valley people. Yeah, you... you Beldenville. I was actually driving through Beldenville this, this last week and I was just driving and I was praying and I, was, I drove through it and I, I went, oh yeah, I haven't been in Beldenville forever. And then I realized I wasn't actually in Beldenville. I was in the group of houses just before Beldenville, and, but it looked like Beldenville. You know, I, then it was the next town was Beldenville. Okay, little dinky, no, but who cares? There are people there who need light. Mansbury. Mansbury, named after some. Oh, you're. Oh, oh, there, you're man. I get you. You're the mans are buried in Beldenville. Gotcha. <laughs> Got it. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Being salt and light, one stage at a time. But we can't do it wallowing around, thinking, well. I'm just going to make it to the end, folks. No, we are more than conquerors. We are victorious in every way, that song said. Every way. We are victors. Let's act like it. Amen?